Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 290. You know, at the end of the day, it was really about, you know, they, they just got intensely clear about things. And to your point, Eric, they used tools to support that clarity. And then they got alignment around it, and they used tools, you know, to support, you know, the execution of what they wanted to accomplish. And ultimately, it was always tied back to a foundation of vision and values. And, you know, and when you look at the really successful companies in our business today, you know, peel back that onion and look at their vision, look at their values, and then see how they are, you know, manifesting that with their managers, with their team members, with their customers, and with their community. That, to me, is bold leadership. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Are you tired of placing orders after a long day at the restaurant only to have them come in wrong on the day of delivery? Perhaps you're still doing inventory with paper and pencil. Maybe the sound of cutting labor costs is appealing. If you're interested in five times fewer order returns, two times faster order placements, and $2 saved on labor costs for each order, then you've got to head over to www.bluecard.com and sign up today. Many thanks and happy ordering from Bluecart. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Kathleen Wood. Kathleen, are you feeling unstoppable today? 100% unstoppable, Eric, (laughs) and it's a uh, thrill to be here with you today. Yes, ma'am. Well, Kathleen is the founder of Kathleen Wood Partners, LLC, an innovative growth strategy firm specializing in shifting leaders and businesses to new levels of success. Kathleen Wood Partners consults with clients to identify and clarify their purpose and competitive differentials to accelerate their growth and profitability. Kathleen Wood Partners collaborates with managers, leaders, and companies ranging from startups to large multinationals on how to optimize company and employee performance performance to build sales and increase profitability in any economy. Kathleen doesn't only talk the talk, but she practices what she preaches at Susie Swirl, where she's a co-owner of two locations. Obviously, this is just a big picture of who you are and what you're all about. I can't wait to learn more. But first, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. Okay, so my success quote or mantra is fail forward magnificently. Mm. And what I I mean by that is I would rather have people going down swinging than people standing there just holding the bat. 
I so if you're going to go for it, go big or go home. Yeah, and you know the the whole idea of like failure is a part of success. Failure is a part of getting out there, trying something, realizing what doesn't work, learning from that, and making yourself better for the next time out. Uh, and I love that you just threw that magnificently on there too. Uh, <laughs> beautiful stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be, gotta be big about it, right? I mean, you know, I, I see a lot of businesses, Eric, that you know they they take risk very incrementally, or they'll make a decision like we're going to stretch incrementally. But in today's marketplace. I'm not talking about being reckless and I'm not talking about being like so extreme, but you know, geez, take a swing. Mm. And you know, because you won't know until you try, but let's just say you swing and you hit it. Oh, you know, that could be a game changer for your business, for your life, for the trajectory of where you want to go with all of that. Yeah, it's so true. And I mean, I'm a big fan of a big fan of scaling over time, but you, you also got to, you know, take chances on the little things that can get you to that ultimate like you'll have huge goals you get there over time but you got to take swings along the way to get you there faster that's for sure man i love it um exactly you you know i'm from chicago i'm from chicago right where you know this year we finally got the 108th you know after 108 years the chicago cubs finally won the world series mm -hmm. uh and we're so excited here in the city of chicago but when you look at the average baseball player right they're hitting like 250 300 that means they're missing you know, <laughs> seven, seven out of 10 times they're swinging, they're missing. But in baseball, you know, to hit the ball, you know, three out of seven times, you're an almost an all-star status. Mm -hmm. So just think about if we translate that to business. Yeah. And it's not just like you know, when you do make contact and you do hit the ball, and then it's like what you do afterwards, how well you run the bases, how well, you know, even taking chances when, once you run the bases to steal a base, it's all about like all those things compound over time to increase your, uh, you know, your, your ability to get the home base and really not, you know, score those big points. So awesome stuff. Um, I love the way we're starting this off. Let me ask you, Kathleen, what's your purpose? What's your, why, why do you do what you do? You know, I feel, uh, first and foremost, I always feel very blessed that when I was very young and just starting out thinking about, you know, how do I even get a job that one of my first jobs was in the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. And even though at the age of 15, I could not describe, you know, my feelings about the restaurant industry in the words of passion, I definitely knew I loved being in the restaurant industry. Mm. I loved being in it for the energy, the excitement, the people, the food, you know, the fact that it was different every day, sometimes every hour. Um, and I just, I personally just loved that and thought, okay, this is, this is it. This is where I'm going to spend the rest of my career. And along the way, I kind of connected that passion that I had for the industry really with my purpose. And my purpose is truly to positively get up every day and positively impact a person, a business, or a community. And, and that has a, kind of been my mantra. What an industry to do that. And I, I, I you know, I agree with you, like, especially in a leadership role, there's so many opportunities to impact influence people especially because we work with such young people who are so malleable and so influential like or influenceable what's the word i'm looking for did i, did I use the right word but you know well, what i'm saying you know i think exactly you know and i think about like what we're doing here at suzy swear our family-owned business right so we have two frozen dessert concepts here in northern illinois mm. and you know we bring in most of the people that come to work for suzy swirl you know, their last job before they came to work for us was, you know, babysitter, dog walker, you know, not a lot of real experience. So we always say, you know, let's make the first job the right job. And how do we positively impact these young people's first job 
So as they go out and they start to build their career and they become future leaders going forward, that they, in fact, you know, take these lessons that we're providing, hopefully that we're providing them, and they can pull, pay that forward through their careers as well. Uh, and I, I think that that's true whether you're dealing with a 16-year-old or whether you're dealing with the CEO of a, you know, a billion-dollar company. You know, the, our whole business picks up and does better when we're moving it forward positively. I just wrote down a little note to come back to this, how the first job is going to be the right job. And I really want to dive into how you do impact these young people and the right way to go about that. But before we dive into that good stuff, I really want to try to, you know, figure out what path you took to get to where you are today. So you already mentioned you were 15 years old where you you didn't really know what words to put to what you were doing, but that was when you got into this industry. So how did you get into this industry? What were you doing and what steps did you take to get to where you are today? Right. Well, thanks so much for that. So again, I started when I was very young, not because my family was in the business or because my parents were great culinarians. I really started in it because I wanted to create some financial independence for myself. Uh, There were things I wanted to do in high school. I wanted to buy a car. I wanted to do all those kind of things that people still want to do today. And I was fortunate to start in the restaurant industry. But my passion for the restaurant industry actually started to carve carve my journey because what I started to realize as I got into college, you know, major in hotel and restaurant management, that if you did work hard and you stayed open to opportunities, that it wasn't so much that you would create them all the time, but they would also appear for you if you knew what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was always looking for positions that would put me into a higher level of leadership that would allow me to positively impact people or our team or our business or the communities that we were working with. So I was fortunate to, you know, leave college and kind of do what most college kids do and go get a job working for Taco Bell and went through their great training program. And then I kind of, I stayed in operations for several years. And then a great mentor of mine said, you know, there's this organization starting, you know, you'd be perfect for it. You should go for it, but it's not in operations. I was like, all right, I'll try it. And it ended up being a, at the time, a small company known as the Educational Foundation of the National Restaurant Association. Um, today, obviously, everyone knows who that is. Yeah. <laughs> but I, was, I, I became responsible for a product that no one had really heard yet, um, which was called ServeSafe. And myself and our whole team was responsible for taking ServeSafe to the marketplace. And today, you know, obviously, ServeSafe is the industry standard. But back in the day, we did not, you know, we didn't think we were building the industry standard. We just thought that we were out there helping to make, make business safe through food safety mm. and create customer experiences that were safe through food safety. Um, and then the, the Educational Foundation was such a great opportunity, and that led me to working for some other very large companies, which I truly loved being in those large companies, but I had a profound realization And that was, as much as I love being in those big companies, I really wasn't wired to be a highly bureaucratic person. I wasn't wired to play, you know, some of those big, big company, um, you know, kind of strategies that you have to employ to continue to move up in a big company. So Dive into that a little bit. Let's let's dive into that. Like, really tell us what you mean by you, you didn't really fit into this bureaucratic situation. What was it about that big company uh, environment that just didn't drive right with you? Right. So a couple of things that didn't jive right for me. One is I realized I didn't do well with a lot of rules, right? Okay. That was the first thing because I thought rules slowed down a business. Mm. You know, when you put that many rules in, how do people create? How do they innovate? How do they collaborate? Mm. So it was the first thing that kind of went the wrong direction for me. The second thing that I started to realize was that 
you know, when you're in a large bureaucratic organization, decision-making sometimes can be very slow. And when it's slow, that works against you to try to create competitive positioning, competitive differentials, even trying to separate yourself from the sea of sameness. So it was another thing that didn't sit very well with me. And then the third one was just the idea of, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of what people valued in the company were misaligned with mine. Like I never really cared what size my office was as long as my office operated correctly. But for others, those were very important values that were just incongruent with my values of how do we do good work? How do we make good things happen? And how do we move things forward? Mm. Now, I am not oblivious to the fact that those were my personal experiences. And there are some great large organizations out there today that do amazing things. But for me, I thought, you know, as much as I was doing well in these companies, I still wasn't, I wasn't clicking 100%. And I had this epiphany one day and said, you know what, maybe it's not about me fitting in. Maybe it's about me helping companies become more nimble, more flexible, more agile, more competitive. And that was became the launching pad for me to start my consulting practice. I dig it. I, and <laughs> that's awesome. that completely changed the trajectory because I love the people in these big companies. No doubt. I have a lot of good friends in very big companies today, but I really wanted to help them. And as a byproduct of that, help small companies start to become competitive in a very dynamic marketplace. I knew there was and a reason was why really I liked what, you. <laughs> That's really what changed my trajectory. So, you know, I'm very fortunate, you know, in my consulting practice that I've had the opportunity to work in very large companies as a consultant. I've had the opportunity to work in very small companies as a consultant. And, you know, and then obviously all of those lessons have translated into, you know, building our own company with my family. Awesome. I love it. And, and, you know, the reasons you listed as far as like uh, the rules kind of being a dampener on innovation, uh, you know, big things move slowly. I always compare it to a ship. Think of a, a massive cargo ship trying to change directions. Uh, it just does. It takes a long time versus, say, like a jet ski. <laughs> and, you know, um, just the values, uh, different values. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I choose to focus on small businesses. And I'm a huge advocate for uh, independent small operators because they don't have all those that that knowledge that you talk of that you know why you exist to help these people but that's where all the innovation that's where all the passion is you know it it, it makes the world a better place when you enable uh these people to you know exercise their passions and their in their uh their skills and their 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 crafts uh and do it with the, the right framework so i love thank you for doing the work you're doing oh well thank you so much and you know and that was one of the things i started to see eric was that you know, here were all these great small businesses. And when I started consulting, you know, I hate to age myself, but two decades ago, I'll say it like that. You know, there were all these amazing leaders leading large companies to go out and start innovative small companies. And one of the things that I started to recognize was, wow, if a small company had the resources strategically, organizationally, you know, leadership development wise, you know, how much further, faster could they get with that kind of support? Mm. And if independent operators were out there with a great concept and they could leverage in on the strategies and, you know, the the infrastructural designs that large corporations had, you know, how much faster, further could they go? So I started to apply what I knew, you know, from my strategic planning, organizational development, leadership development from the big companies, right? into, you know, digestible pieces for small companies. 
And that really ended up being kind of like the secret in the sauce. And so I was very fortunate that early on in my consulting practice, I worked for a lot of small companies that ultimately became big companies. And that that in and of itself was a great joy and honor to work with some amazing teams of leaders, but also to see these great companies go on to take those early lessons and continue to apply them in their own growth and development as as big companies. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk to you today, Kathleen, because I, I just you have so much experience getting into small companies. Uh, you know, diagnosing what's going on and helping them pivot into do things right so they can have a massive success. So when you get into these organizations, into these young restaurants, and you are doing an analysis of what's going on, what, in your opinion, seems to be the areas where they're really struggling the most? Oh, that's such a great question. Thanks for that, Eric. And I would tell you this. At the end of the day, if you look at the most successful sports teams, you know, teams that you may, you know, be a part of, or also companies, right, there is a little bit of a secret in the sauce on those two. And, and one is, is that there's intense clarity on the companies, like just what you asked me when we started, their vision, their purpose, their mission, their values, intense clarity around that. And then the second part about that is that they have teams that are highly aligned to that as well. So when you have great clarity, great, great alignment, you are, in fact, just like your show, unstoppable. <laughs> so when I go into a small, uh, a small company, the first thing I ask everyone from the founder to the frontline person is, can you please tell me the top three priorities for the, comp- you know, for the business? And it's always fascinating to me because the founder will say, well, these are our top three priorities. You know, everyone knows what they are, building sales, profitability, and team performance. And then we'll get to, you know, and then I'll meet with the, you know, the direct reports of the founder. I'll go out and meet with the managers. I'll go out and meet with the, you know, the back of the house, front of the house. And I ask them all the same questions. And what I'm looking to see is no matter if they don't sit exactly as that founder or owner does, you know, are we in alignment Mm -hmm. that these are the top three priorities? Mm -hmm. And based on those responses, I can typically tell you know, whether or not that that company is all clear and all aligned and moving in one direction, or if we have, you know, kind of conceptual ideas, but they haven't really translated to execution. Mm-hmm. And from there, I start to build the platform and say, okay, look, we've, we've got to get, if we can't be clear on your top three priorities, how do we ever get clear about what the vision of your business is yeah. and how you intend to achieve your business? Because I'll get a lot of calls from people and they'll say, Kathleen, we're having all these problems. We're having all these problems. And most of those problems can be traced back to, you know, do we have great clarity and do we have great alignment? And I think that so often people go, well, that's such an easy answer. I'm like, no, the answer is easy. Achieving it is where the challenge becomes (laughs) and the opportunity is created. Yeah. I just had this beautiful image pop into my head while I was listening to you talk. And uh, I want to share it. Imagine a railroad cart just sitting in a field. Uh, not on tracks, just sitting in a field on the grass and you have, you know, 30 people on your team total and they all have a rope attached to that railroad cart and they're all pulling uh, and they're sitting in a circle pulling on that railroad cart and you're not getting anywhere. Now, imagine you created these core values, these these visions, these mission statements. Uh, that's your track. And then imagine you put everybody at the same end of this thing pulling in one direction. How much quicker and faster are you going to get places? 
Oh my gosh, such a great vision. Right, <laughs> it just Eric? popped into my head. Truly beautiful, beautiful. That's such a beautiful vision because that really is what separates the companies that accelerate not only in their growth, but also being great in their growth from the companies that struggle, that find it challenging, that find it difficult. Being in the business to begin with has its own challenges, struggles, and opportunities, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But we as leaders have the opportunity to not make it as, you know, like you're saying, pulling this big train down a track that's just not moving. Mm. So I like, I, I just think that that's a great capture of it. And I'm going to have to write that, that I, down in my I, journal after we stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, and make it a postcard. <laughs> uh, but, but, but I think that that's the, that's the interesting thing for me right now in, in our industry overall is that I believe that we're in this time of what I call bold leadership. Like this is the time for leaders to be bold. Mm. And when I talk about bold, I use that as an acronym. And it's like, hey, the B stands for beliefs. Stand up, tell people what you believe, tell them your values, your mission, your purpose, your vision, but stand up and be proud of your beliefs. You know, the O in bold stands for one direction. Then, then get out there and communicate it. Communicate it to your team, to your managers, to your leaders, to your community, to your, through your brand, so that everyone's clear that this is where we're going. And then the L stands for make sure that your leadership team really supports you in their words, their actions, their results, you know, their support of you. They're not just giving you a lip service, but they're going with you on this. Mm. And then the last one is really D for, you know, the D in bold, which is about drive, determination, and dedication. Have that internal fortitude as the leader to be bold, to play bold, but do it from this very solid foundation of what you believe and where you're going. Wow. And just one more time, uh, be bold, and that is uh, belief, one direction, align the leadership and support and drive determinism and dedication. I'm stealing that. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and earlier, Absolutely. earlier today, uh, during our discussion, um, you said something, and you said you, you you approach these companies and you ask them what are the three most important things to your company. Or I don't know exactly how you worded it. You were talking too fast. I wasn't able to write it down. But what, <laughs> what were those three things again? Uh, and are you just were you just throwing out random examples, or were those the most common things yeah. that you said? That so you said? the most common things I hear is like when we ask, when I ask somebody, "Hey, tell me what your top three priorities are." Typically, from the founder or the owner, I hear it's Kathleen. It's building sales, it's profitability, and it's team performance. Building right? sales, profitability, and, and team performance. Okay, team I, performance. I really want to get creative right. here. Um, before you say anything yep. else, do you think building sales, profitability? And team performance are the right goals and right is that should those be the goals? <laughs> well, I think that's such a great answer, right? Such a great question. And the reality of it is that in today's marketplace, I really think that if we really started to really look at those priorities, my priorities would be what are you doing for your team? Right? Because mm. without your team, your team can't really execute. So, you know, what's your plan for what's your priority with your team? What's your plan with your customers? And what's your plan with your community? Okay, plan for team, plan for customers, plan for community. Okay, why are Correct. those goals better than the ones that most people have? Because I think that when you only focus on your bottom line, you tend to miss all the all the other lines in the in the PNL, right? 
So we start to make decisions that drive us to, hey, we're just, we're just going to be, pro- let's be profitable. Okay. So when we just want to be profitable, we start to make decisions that are very short-term in nature. We start to cut things. We start to, you know, uh, turn the screws down on things that used to be so much a part of who we are. But now we're like, okay, take that out. Take, take away the holiday parties. Take away, you know, the, these benefits. Take these things away because we have to be profitable. That, you know, no one saves their way to success. You yeah. invest your way to success, See, right? <laughs> when you put, go, I, go ahead. I, the, I should be a good host and let you finish your thought. You go, then I'll go crazy. No, in no, two you seconds. go ahead. You go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was just thinking all those things you're talking about is, you know, what are the things we can do to, you know, you know save costs and focus on profit and all these things? Like when you start becoming, like all those things move you in a, a direction towards mediocrity or just normal. Like that's what everyone's exactly. doing. And to be exactly. truly amazing, you, you need to stand out. You need to do incredible things. You need to have incredible purposes. And you, it's hard to be incredible when you're, you're so worried about, uh, being safe i don't know the right words right, to use, right but now you now you go sorry i interrupted your, your so awesome now <laughs> so not to think about it right yeah, so not go. to think about it right i can't save my way to success but i can invest mm. right so let me invest in the engagement of my team members you know it costs zero dollars to engage a team member it costs zero dollars to listen to a team member or to include them in a project or you know, these are things that people have known for years, but they're more important today than ever before because the competitive environment is more intense today, right? So how do we invest in our team members? Because when we invest in team members, it has, you know, 50 years of the restaurant industry has shown that we get a significant return on that investment. But if we're sitting there figuring out how we're going to cut, cut our team members' benefits, cut this from our team members, you know, cut our team members down to, hey, just come in and do your job and we don't have any time really to talk to you. Well, how inspired and engaged is that team member to go out and yes. do their very best for us? So right? much more inspired. So much more engaged. You know, and then, and then if you think about, here's building sales, right? We all get that you have to build sales, but think about this for a moment. What if we invested in our customers? What if we invested in really getting to know our customers and really getting to re- recognize our customers? You know, technology is available for everyone to be able to get to know your customer. But what about getting to know them while they're in the four walls of your business? I mean, and then what happens with the customers? They become your best brand mm-hmm. ambassador. And so now do I have to spend as much, you know, on marketing or uh, on print advertising, which is kind of going to the wayside. I get the strongest type of marketing available for building sales, word of mouth. So what happens when we give our customers some love? What happens when we give them that extra little thing that they weren't expecting during that experience? What happens when we create an experience that they remember and go tell everybody they know about? They sing about you. They don't just talk about you. They sing about you. Yeah. You know, and then the last one is, you know, community. Make the investment there, right? I mean, there we, we say at Suzy Swirl, we don't want to just be one restaurant in the community. We want to be the restaurant's community. So we want to be the place that people come because they want to do a fundraiser or they want that donation or they're looking for that sponsorship. And, and people always say, well, everybody always is hitting up restaurants for this. Right, but that's your billboard into your community. That's your billboard into all the people that come through your front doors. So why not invest in that community? Why not get actively involved in your chamber? 
you know, in the local business groups, in the library association, in the high schools, in the, you know, in the local community colleges, because they're starved for businesses to partner with that. Yeah. And big chains can't do that, but small locals can do that all day long. Yeah. And I just had an incredible, uh, first mastermind meeting with some other people in my uh that i work with actually and uh one of these ladies um she was talking about how you know to her she she just wants to uh the the word she uses how do you inspire people to be the one right and i think it's just such a a beautiful thing her name is kelly johansson uh amazing woman and she says she wants to inspire people to be the one and i was like that is like the way restaurants need to think when they're in in their communities how how can we be the one restaurant in our community that makes a difference that sets the example on how all the other restaurants should act and treat their community like that should be your goal exactly so when you think about you know what what you know the priorities of a business invest in your team Mm -hmm. invest in your customers invest in your communities because at the end of the day, we're in, you know, we only say this, like a million years is being said, the restaurant industry is a people industry. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So how much time are we investing in the people that drive and deliver the results that we're looking for in terms of sales, profitability, and team performance? Yeah. And that's the real flip of the equation that, you know, when you start to think about it, that comes back to your first question to me, why do I do what I do? It all flips back to what do we value most in our business. And when we focus on what we value the most, guess what? We get the most of that back. And that one thing, just to make it clear, the one thing we need to value. And when you say these three things again, team, customer, community, what are those things? Right. Well, so what, we, what do we need people. to value? <laughs> they're people. They're um, all people. Uh, 100%. Yeah. So all that's people. your priority is people. Uh, and, you know, it, I'm so happy you're, uh, you're bringing the conversation in this direction because, you know, when I started Restaurant Unstoppable, I had no idea. Like I was a, I still am today a student of the industry who's studying what it takes to be successful. And the biggest aha moment I had is behind every great restaurant is a great person who cares about their people those three things, their, their team, their right. customers and their community. And that's why this podcast focuses on people like you and discovers what makes you, how you think, what makes you so great. Um, and you're giving us gold right now. I love it. Um, well, thank you, Eric. You're doing <laughs> that, you know, and what the service you're providing is just, it's just so valuable and so important because people are, you know, leaders are busy, but to have this opportunity to learn from other leaders, leaders learning from leaders, what a great gift you're giving everyone as well. Yeah, but I think you would agree, Kathleen, that when you do work that helps other people, when you when you make your work about other people and, and bettering other people, um, there's nothing that will get you out of bed faster uh, because it's so rewarding. And that you know, you the people that are listening at home in your restaurants, you have the ability to make your work about bettering other people, whether it be your team, whether it be about your community, whether it be about your customers. So have that mentality and make your work not just about running a restaurant, but making a difference and impacting people. 100%. And I think that when you look at the companies that are very successful or the companies that we all want to be like, and you peel back the, you know, all the marketing collateral, what you really do look for is what does that leader value? What is their team value? And how do they execute their values with their team, with their customers and their community? Mm. And those are the ones that, you know, those are the ones in my mind that are going to take our entire industry to its next 
evolution, so to speak, mm. as we move into this, you know, age of technology and 24-7 bombardment. How do you really differentiate yourself? Be a bold leader mm. about what you believe and what you value, and then truly execute against that. Because the results, every single time, deliver. Mm, I love it. And again, bold leader, uh, belief, one direction, leadership, support, and uh, driven or uh, drive, determination, and uh, direction. I think were those three D's that you dropped on us. Um, this is great. And this has been an awesome, raw, raw, uh, like super like motivational, inspirational conversation up to this point. But uh, what else have you learned? We talked about you know this whole past 15 minutes we spent on uh, the clarity in purpose uh, being one of the biggest challenges that you see. Uh, the people that you work with having um, what else where else or do they really so, struggle so I tell you the other place that I, I tell you the other place where people struggle the most and um, and that's with their own personal leadership accountability mm. and and this is what this means let's say I'm the owner operator I, I've got so much on my mind when I'm the owner operator or when I'm the small business I, I'm thinking about everything I'm thinking about you know, my team, I'm thinking about my, you know, customers, my community, but I'm also thinking about the weather. I'm thinking about gas prices. I'm thinking about regulations. I'm thinking about what else is coming down the pipeline. What can I control? What can't I control? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a daunting task to, you know, own and operate your own business. There's no doubt about it. That's where passion and purpose have to be the fuel to that. But I, when I talk about leadership accountability, it's this idea of the leader to be able to see themselves in others. Mm. So one of my great leadership uh, kind of philosophies I speak about is, you know, the clearer the leader, the clearer the team. So we've all been there. We've all walked into restaurants where they've been incredibly chaotic. And then you go and you find, and first thing everybody always says is, where's the manager? Where's the manager? And then you go find the manager and they're, you know, either in the office or on the expo line, or they're kind of misplaced in their own, kind of where they think they should be. And it's the greatest illustration of, you know, the clearer the leader, the clearer the team. So one of the things as leaders that we all have a responsibility, I think, to do is to constantly be clarifying, you know, our direction, our expectations, you know, our communication. And we should be able to see that in the the words, the actions, and the behaviors of our team, as well as our customers, to be honest with you. Mm. But a lot of times when I come in, I will hear from founders and owner operators saying, you know, we've told everybody this and they still won't do it. We've told everybody a thousand times and they still won't mm. do it. And then I'll go and say, well, what specifically did you say to them? They're like, you know what we said to them? And I'm like, okay, well, let's see what they heard. So having that feedback loop, right? Clear the leader, the clear the team, Putting an actual feedback loop in and not being defensive about what you hear back, I think is uh, is one of the areas that I constantly kind of talk to talk to leaders about in terms of their own leadership accountability. It's not just about telling people what to do; it's about ensuring they know what to do why they need to do it and how to do it. That's the beauty of the feedback loop. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, and listening to you talk when you just went on talking about how we talk to people, they, they say uh, they always project uh, the, their problems onto the people that are working for or not project onto them, but they, they blame it's, it's because of the people that are, material, yes. they can't do this. They can't do that. They won't do this. They don't have the drive, blah, 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 blah. And right. he, here's the thing. Here's the cold, hard truth about that. You attract onto yourself 
what you are. <laughs> uh, right. Birds right. of the same feather flock together. And when you're not going the extra mile to be truly great, to be bold, as you say, and to be an amazing leader, to make it about your team, to make it about your community, to make it about your customers. When, when you're not an incredible person, you won't uh, attract incredible people onto yourself. And, and uh, like it, it's so like, like you say, it's about the personal leadership uh, accountability. What are, who are you? Why are these, are you manifesting these issues in your life because of who you are? And I'm not saying you're an awful person if you're having trouble, but like, (laughs) are are you an incredible person? And that's what you should try to become, but is an an incredible in become an incredible person. So, right. So if you think about it too, just, I'm right there with you, Eric, because Mm -hmm. I think my other philosophy about this is the team is a reflection of the leader, Mm -hmm. Right. So when the team is chaotic, when the team is finger pointing, when the team has got anxiety, when the team is anxious, you know, as the leader, if you are not stopping and looking in the mirror and taking the accountability for that, you know, and, and then, you know, getting cognizant about it and going back out there and helping to shift, you know, that mindset, you're missing a wonderful opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I think so often that people say, well, you know, is, then are you saying that leaders should be perfect? And I'm like, no, no, we're, we are, you know, the beauty of the restaurant industry is that we are always trying to provide a perfect experience in an incredibly imperfect world, right? So it's that, it's that pursuit of perfection, but it's not at all cost, mm. right? So as a, as a leader, we have responsibilities to be not perfect, but to be, you know, aware, to be conscious of how our words, actions, behaviors and support translate onto our team and, and then by, by, by through them onto our customers. And if we are not aware, like I, I am constantly speaking about the idea that the greatest leadership skill that we could all gain as leaders is greater self-awareness mm. because in that self-awareness, it lets us let go of our stuff so we could focus on everyone else who's supposed to be out there doing it. And, and being successful with our business. So in your opinion, let's let's take this a layer deeper. Let's really dive into the good stuff. Yep. Where do we yep. start with self-awareness? What can we do in our daily ritual to recenter ourselves and make sure we know what where we are and how we're appearing on the outside? Yeah, so here's the interesting thing. So back in, so there's two things. I'll answer first what we do daily and then I'll show you how that kind of rolls up to what we can do on a more systemic place, right? In the restaurant industry, we're, you know, we deal with things shift to shift, day to day, week to week, month to month, right? But one of the interesting things about the restaurant industry is way back in the day, there used to be this time of the day, and it was called the golden hour. And it was this historical hour of the morning that, you know, whether it was from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. or 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., depending on what time your restaurant opened and what meal parts you were serving, but there was this one hour in a restaurant and it was, and it really was the golden hour. It was this one hour that allowed the manager to come in, you know, with one other crew member, one other team member and have this time to look at last night's results, look at today, look at the week and kind of put in their mind what their plan was for the day Mm. and what they wanted to accomplish and who they were going to talk to and what customers were coming in today and what else did they want to get accomplished as the day went on. And the managers had, can you imagine this, Eric, a whole hour to kind of think about this 
before they had to get into the hustle and bustle of the day. Mm. Now, if you would ask a manager and you said, Hey, listen, how much time, you know, how much time do you spend in the preparation and planning of your day? They're like, I do that. Once I get in there, I hit the ground running and I go, go, go. And the day goes as it goes. And I'm like, okay, there we go. So, so one thing is, is as a, as a leader, it's to take that, you know, and a lot of people say, Kathleen, an hour, that's like asking for three weeks. I'm like, okay, well, don't start with an hour then. Can you, can you spare 15 minutes, you know, leave the house early and stop, you know, for a cup of coffee and just spend 15 minutes thinking about what you want to do today what kind of leader you want to be today and what impact do you want to positively have in your business so that you set that intention up right before you even hit that front door. Mm. That's one. The second thing is that I think is so important is to write these things down. You know, so often people say it's all in my head. Okay. Well, when you're having a busy day, so much stuff flies through your head. (laughs) It's like, there's no way. But if you can keep those, you know, keep your priorities and your intentions written down, then as you're going through the day, you're looking at that saying, am I making progress? Am I not making progress? Did I get, what did I put my time against versus what I really wanted to put my time towards? And then you start to raise that, that awareness about how, of who's managing who is the business managing you or are you managing the business? Mm. And if you, if just those two simple steps, you'd be stunned by what a difference that would make in everyone's lives. You are singing beautiful words into my ear right now. And uh, there's <laughs> so much value in what you're giving us. And, um, I mean, listening to you talk, I'm, I'm reflecting back onto my conversation with Eric Oberholzer of Tender Greens, uh, and he, uh, you know, when I when I the advice you're giving, you're, you, it's almost like you take an hour. You know, you're saying take an hour to just stop and reflect on, you know, where we were yesterday and where we need to be. You know, um, it, it's yeah, that's something you could do in your restaurant, but are you doing that for yourself? Are you meditating every day? And he had a conversation right. around meditation just to take time every morning to be still and quiet and to just collect your thoughts and to be aware. Um, is huge. Uh, and I'm trying to remember what episode that was, but if you just had, hold on one second. And you're, this is awesome. By the way, I'm having so much fun talking to you. Eric Me too, Eric. Over- I'm having so much fun with you, sir. I think it was like two seventy something restaurants i was looking at it recently i do too many episodes i can't keep track of them uh 277 yeah that's right yeah it it was episode 277 um so head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash 277 he kind of dives into the power of meditation uh which is huge and i just wanted to point out that resource uh and writing things down absolutely uh where would you recommend people write these things down yeah. So here's a couple of things on writing things down, right? If this is my, uh, you know, when you're a consultant, you get to kind of sometimes, you know, make up your own statistics, but they sound very credible when you're saying them. But I think there is actually a statistic out there that shows that the vast majority of the people that write down what their goals, plans, objectives, whatever it is, that they have a higher propensity of achieving them than those people who just, you know, kind of say, it's all in my mind, I've got it up here. So if I'm a restaurant manager, I can do a couple of different things, right? I have the, I have the red book, right? You know, the red book tool, if that's a tool that you use, I could carry a small little notepad because we all carry little notes with us. Right. The red book is that underneath, uh, uh, is that a, a sub category under hot schedules? Red book? Yes, it is. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. the red book's a place, you know, the, 
you know, carrying a small little notebook with you is a place. If you have your own day timer, which I always say that that's a good thing for managers to have, you know, write it in your day timer for the day. And you don't have to write, the, you know, everything from the encyclopedia in there. Just, just hit three things you want to get done today. Three things that will impact your team, your customers, or your community. Or three things that you want to impact today. You know, but don't, you don't have to get, this is where people get a little bit, you know, uh, out of source with it because they're like, do I have to write everything down? Well, here's the thing. You're not doing anything to begin with. So just start small and build the muscle. Mm. Uh, no one ever get, no one ever wakes up out of the bed and says, Hey, today I'm going to do a marathon. I'm going to go, I haven't ran before. I don't, I barely find my shoes, but I'm going to go do 26.2 miles. You know, nobody does that. So it's the same thing you know, trying to find this time to be still, to be intentional, to be purposeful, and to write it down. Just make it simple and start it. And you'll see that as you start to get those returns on your 15 minutes of time, so to speak, that you'll start spending more time invested in that process. And that's really, to me, the second piece of how we build more awareness is I'm a big believer in one-page plans. Mm -hmm. I can write a one-page plan for an entire company for a year, I can write a one-page plan for a restaurant, you know, for a quarter. I can write a one-page business, you know, one-page plan for, you know, a whole team for a month. But writing that down on what, just one piece of paper, right? One piece of paper. Just put your goals and your objectives. Because when we make that written commitment, you know, that is us committing to ourselves that this is the course we've selected. And we're not writing it in concrete. So if something changes or if something shifts, okay, then adjust, right? But don't, don't abandon the plan, you know, just because there's been some adjustments to it. And, and if I look at the, what was really the tipping point for many of the clients I worked with was when we were able to lay out where they were, where they were going, and how they wanted to get there. Mm. And it wasn't always a straight path. But it was definitely a start and a destination. And the journey is what really transformed the companies. Awesome. I love it. Uh, great stuff. And just some listening to you talk, I just want to reflect on some tools I use as an entrepreneur to, to keep yeah. track of my thoughts. And I love using... Um, you know, for reflecting, I, I use day one, which is a, a, a cloud-based journal where you can have it on your phone, on your laptop, on your desktop, wherever you are, you have access to your journal. Again, the habit of every morning when you wake up to, or before you go to bed to reflect on your day when it's fresh before, you know, make it that habit to do that before you go to bed to reflect for just 15, 20 minutes right in your journal, uh, where we were yes to, you know, today, where we need to be tomorrow and how we're going to get there. Um, I use day one, which is awesome. And for list making to just, you know, sit down and think about what we need to tackle today for list making. Uh, if you use Chrome uh, as a web browser, uh, there's this uh, plugin called Momentum, which is just uh, whenever you open a new browser, you click on a new like a new uh, tab to open a new browser and uh, an, a beautiful image pops up of like a scene. Like right now, I just clicked it and I have an image of Thailand, uh, this beautiful scenic view of Thailand. And there's a success quote. And the, right now, that's, uh, the success quote says, uh, the, the penalty for procrastination is the loss hope of or sorry is the loss of hopes and dreams uh so like there's a little thing that keep you like you know motivated and then you can create a list right on that that pop-up so say if you're trying to do something wow. you don't get derailed like you have your to-do list for the day right there in front of you so you stay focused on what you need to accomplish is a great tool with writing things down uh and i'm just trying to think of anything else and you know if you're in the restaurant 
use the tools that, that you have that you, you invested in, like right. whether it's hot schedules or uh, when we work or uh, what's another one? Schedule fly. Like all these platforms have an ability to communicate with your managers and to make lists and they're all there. Use them. Right, right. My rant is over. <laughs> well, no, you did awesome, Eric. And then uh, now I would only say then follow it up, right? Follow it up with communication. Follow it up with ensuring, hey, what helped you get there? What, what was an obstacle for you accomplishing that? You know, this whole idea of two-way communication is really the thing that starts to get the, you know, to your point, I love that word momentum. That's what starts to create the momentum. Because I've been asked a lot in my career, you know, Kathleen, you've worked with all these companies. They've all, you know, been, you know, I've been very fortunate to work with great leaders from big companies to small. But one of the interesting things people always ask is, well, what, what made the difference between, you know, those that really grew great and those who kind of, you know, they did well, but they didn't, they didn't hit those same heights. And I always bring it back to the idea and people say, well, can you tell us specifically what happened? And I'm always like, you know, at the end of the day, it was really about, you know, they, they just got intensely clear about things. And to your point, Eric, they used tools to support that clarity. Mm-hmm. And then they got alignment around it. And they used tools, you know, to support, you know, the execution of what they wanted to accomplish. And ultimately, it was always tied back to a foundation of vision and values. Mm. And, you know, and when you look at the really successful companies in our business today, you know, peel back that onion and look at their vision, look at their values, and then see how they are, you know, manifesting that with their managers, with their team members, with their customers, and with their community. That, to me, is bold leadership. Mm, I love it. So I'm going to give you the option right now, Kathleen. Uh, typically, at this point of the interview, uh, we're about 45 minutes into the conversation. Um, I start the speed round. Uh where we just go through the series of questions, but you know, you're giving us so much value right now. Would you rather go down that road or would you rather uh, lay one more, uh, you know, when you go into these restaurants and you help them, is there one more thing that you see uh, that you can, you know, that they struggle with that you can share with us that would provide a ton of value? Or do you think that you want to share those, uh, the answers to the speed round that you probably looked at before we got started? I'll leave it up to you because you're giving us yeah, gold and we're running uh, out of time. Well, let's go. Well, you're great. Uh, Eric. <laughs> let's, let's go speed round and see what, let's, let's see how speedy we can be on speed round. How about that? All right. Sounds good. So uh, we're going to take a quick right. break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. To all you restaurants, owners, and managers, I have a question for you. How are you communicating to place and receive orders? If you're still using email, fax, paper, and pencil, and you're tired of errors and the stress that comes with it, listen up, because I have a solution for you. Bluecart, a back-of-house ordering application for the hospitality industry, is a one-stop shop for all of your back-of-house needs. Find yourself returning too many orders? Bluecart users see five times fewer returns. Find yourself spending way too much valuable time placing orders? Bluecart users place orders in half the time. Ever notice being way overstocked in inventory? Get this, the Bluecart app reduces waste by over 52%. Maybe you've hired a staff member just to handle your ordering needs. Bluecart will save you $2 for 
every order you place. How many orders do you place a week? Cha-ching! Sign up today at www.bluecart.com and upgrade the restaurant supplier relationship today. Many thanks and happy ordering from Blue Cart. Whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran, there's always something new to learn. That never ends. <laughs> but what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant's unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. All right, so we're okay. we're back in the first question. Um, we're going to wait two seconds because I realize we didn't cover a failure uh, in the main part of today's conversation. Just drop a little message for our listeners that kind of tie into the opening success quarter mantra. Uh, just I didn't forget, but I wanted to leave time for the speed round. So drop that little line on us, and we'll dive Absolutely. into the questions. So, so my, my mantra when we started was fail forward magnificently. And everyone always thought that I was putting that out there because we were working mostly with people who had first-time jobs here at Susie Swirl, right? But in reality, I put that out there for myself. You know, as a leader, we have to make a lot of decisions. You know, the spotlight's always on us. And what I wanted to always remember as we were building our business, just as I always advise, you know, the, the clients and the really great leaders I get to work with is, man, we are wildly imperfect people. So instead of the pursuit of perfection, let's remember progress versus perfection. Because if I looked at how many mistakes and failures I do on a daily basis, that number would go on and on. We don't have enough time (laughs) for that. But what I do know is if I'm not doing that, if I'm not trying, if I'm not swinging, then I'm also not moving our company forward either. So my whole thing is get out there, swing, swing, and, and just swing for progress because that's how you ultimately get to your destination. Awesome. Yeah. Just, you know, one word that keeps on bouncing into my head listening to you is just buoyancy. You're going to fall down, but pop, pop back up. And yep. it's just about getting pop back up. up and staying, staying buoyant and just, you know, keep showing up. Don't let those failures stop you. Keep popping up. Awesome. Um, okay. So the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe contributes to your success? Uh, I think that my it factor is that I am direct and um, I kind of get to the point quickly. So not to waste people's times, but at the same time, recognize what they do well, but still be direct about where, where we could potentially go. Awesome. What is one piece of advice you have for leading others? Uh, always have empathy, even when it's the hardest thing to do. Mm. Why is empathy so important? Talk to us about empathy. Cause I, I, I agree with you. You know, Empathy for me is, you know, you get a lot of pressures, right? And then you're, you know, and it's that time of the year and you're watching. And I've seen this so many times with our clients, right? We're really focusing on, 
execution out of the back of the house, for example. And then the line totally shuts down during a very busy time. And everyone wants to start blaming this person and blaming this person and blaming that person. But at that moment, and you know how important it is that that line operate at its best performance. But this is where as a leader, you have to have empathy Mm. and you have to think nobody came here today to take down the line. Nobody came here today to maliciously ruin our business. Mm -hmm. You know, they all are trying their best. So before we react with our feelings and our emotions, let that first feeling and emotion be empathy because they've all tried very hard. Yeah. And when I think of the word empathy, I think back to, I I don't know where I heard this quote, and this is kind of like a rough quote I'm paraphrasing, but like the, the cause of all of our troubles in life or in humanity, human history is a miscommunication, uh, people not understanding each other. And when I think of the word empathy, you know, it it brings me to the words of Stephen R. Covey, uh, one of his seven habits of highly effective people first think to understand, or first, first seek to understand and then seek to be understood. And that's what empathy is, is projecting yourself yep. into what you believe that person is feeling and understanding yep. where they're coming from. And sympath- like you know, the difference between sympathy and empathy is sympathy is, you, is you've lived it. Empathy is you're projecting yourself into the situation, even if you haven't lived it, but you're understanding them. And once you can understand people, um, again, it comes back to what we're talking about people or earlier people understanding people communicating making it about people and you can't make it about people until until you understand them uh so it's exactly such an, exactly yeah it's such an important quality to have in this industry um absolutely so, didn't mean to go on that far of a rant but it happened sorry you know where the clear uh, i would say where the leader focuses the team focuses right so be very intentional about what you're focused in on and then, you know, follow up with what your team's focused in on. Because I think that, you know, to your point about miscommunication, I think that's where miscommunication happens, misalignment happens. You know, if this is your expectation, then be clear about it. Don't be gray. Don't be kind of sort of, I think this is what we're going to be doing. You know, be definitive and be direct about it so that your team clearly understands what you want. And I think that you know, the results you'll see from that are tenfold. Mm. What is one question we can ask or thing we can look for when we're interviewing our new hires? You know, what I, what I want to know these days interviewing new hires is what's most important to them. What, what, what really is their motivation, right? Mm-hmm. What gets them up? What makes them excited? And what makes them enthusiastic about their day? Um, because I think that our, our, marketplace and and also the our workforce is changing and we're so used to telling people what's important to us that if you start that relationship off by finding out what's important to them you're already building that return on investment in your team Mm. right from the interview point forward Mm -hmm. and also when you when you really find out what's important to these people you, you unearth so many of their hidden talents and passions and if that talent or passion can you know support your team uh, you can leverage that uh, in your favor, you know, so really take the time to, you know, find out what drives your people so that you can, you know, tap into their higher needs when they, if they do end up working for you. Exactly. Exactly. And the other side of it is you're getting the alignment to do their values on some level, you know, align with your values because we can't teach people values. It's what it's who they are in their DNA. So mm-hmm. let's make sure we're bringing in the people that are going to help us grow and not the people that are going to, you know, make our lives more challenging than they need to be. Love it. Uh, what is a current challenge you're seeing uh, with a lot of the people you're working with and how are you dealing or helping them deal with those challenges? 
Yeah, I think that a lot of what people are dealing with right now is uh, the regulatory environment that we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. right? It was, you know, if you think about two years ago, cost of goods was the number one topic that was being discussed all over the restaurant industry because it was just, you know, our cost of goods are going too high. How will we be effective? How will we be efficient? But today when you think about it, you know, whether it's happening at the local level, the city level, or the state, federal level, you know, this, this constant regulation, this regulatory environment that we've been in, that's been the most challenging. And my advice that I've been giving the clients is this, man, get involved, get involved mm-hmm. locally with your chamber, get involved at a state level with your state restaurant association or a business association, but have your voice be heard. Because I really think that, you know, I know we all get busy. I know that we all have a lot going on. But these decisions, we can impact these decisions when we leverage the greatest thing we have available to us, which is our voice. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have a feeling this interview is going to go long. Are you okay with that? Do you have time? Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> uh, I'm really intrigued uh, to dive deeper. You seem to really uh, be somebody who believes, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, well, let me ask, do you think that the industry is overregulated right now? I think, that the, I think there's two things happening in the industry. Uh, actually, I think there's three. I think regulation, the overregulation of the industry has caused the industry to stagnate. And, at, and as the industry has stagnated, the industry has failed to see how, um, you know, some of these disruptive companies are literally coming in and reshaping our industry, like mm-hmm. Uber. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, Airbnb, you know, so the overregulation. Uh, yeah, like yeah. And now even business so that was on the show regu- recently. Sorry, I, I interrupted Yeah, the, the right, the... You know, the over-regulate, this, this highly regulatory environment has caused everyone to be on the defensive, right? So we've actually not been innovative, creative in all of this. I mean, you can see it in the restaurant sales. You can see it in average check. Restaurant sales are down. Average checks are down. You know, the more innovative companies are staying ahead of it. But those innovative companies aren't letting the regulatory environment define who they are. They're leaning into the companies that are disrupting the business, you know, community like Uber and Amazon and all these other companies. And mm-hmm. so to me, I think overregulation has led to stagnation and in, and in essence slowed the industry from being able to embrace the, the wonderful opportunities that disruptive companies have brought to us. Well, I mean, this is a, this is probably a conversation for another day, but you know, to me, I feel like regulation forces us into meteorocracy. It forces us into yes. uh, fitting this mold. Um, and it also, it forces us to have extreme expenses. Um, yes. you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, I just want to get your take well, on that. Coming, then, being somebody then, who worked for ServeSafe, I was just curious on how, how you viewed well, it and maybe you could change my opinion, but. Well, here's the interesting thing about SurfSafe, right? SurfSafe was the most beautiful idea when we came out, when it came out was because what SurfSafe was, SurfSafe was the answer to the, to the industry regulating itself before the government had to. Mm. That was the brilliance of SurfSafe was food safety was on the rise. There were safe food safety issues. Mm-hmm. So it was a great industry response before, because it was a commonly held belief mm-hmm. that industry should regulate itself before government has to. Yep. Now today, government has gotten more involved in regulating business, right? So industry has had a choice of how it would respond. For many people, it has been to, you know, just, just be some, some crushed by it. Some have just, you know, hands up, whatever it is it's going to be. 
But the reality of it is all of that has led to this, you know, I think a slowing down of the industry mm. when in fact with the, with the um, economy going in the right direction, the industry should be the beneficiary of it, but it's not because of the fact that it's been so burdened with regulation. Yeah. Awesome. I, I have to remind myself sometimes that this is a speed round. Uh, <laughs> have some discipline oh, to get sorry, back. Sorry, sorry. No, it's not you. It's me. I, I'm pulling back the layers, but uh, maybe another time we can have a conversation on this. But yeah, yeah, we could totally talk another time <laughs> on that one. Absolutely. Uh, so um, do you want to answer the question about uh, what is one thing besides food? Because you wait, you, you do own a restaurant. I keep on forgetting. So I'll edit this part. Yeah, out. I do. And uh, what is one thing uh, besides food your restaurant does really well that separates you from other restaurants? And I'm just realizing now we got on such a tear earlier about like what you're you're consulting. Uh, we never talked about your your business, uh, which is uh, Swirly Curl. Oh wait, uh, Susie well, Swirl. Susie Swirl, yeah. And so I'll tell you one thing that I think we do very well. I mean, actually two things. Uh, uh, first is it's our team members. Mm. We really do believe in the idea of make the first job the right job. So when our team members come on board, you know, we have it, we have it laid out for them. Their orientation, you know, their families included in the process. You know, we have them included in, you know, weekly conversations, one-on-ones. Because we really want them to understand the best of our abilities, not that we're perfect, but to the best of our abilities, what right does look like in business. Mm. And so that's one of the things that, you know, we believe that we're in the business of developing the next generation of workforce. So that's one thing. And I think the other thing that, you know, that we, you know, that we're so grateful for is our mission is really to swirl goodness, to swirl greatness, and to swirl gratitude. And we could not exist without our customers and our community. So we truly try to take a very active role in supporting our customers in their community-based events and supporting our community in you know, their community-based initiatives because we're so grateful for how our customers and our community you know, supports us. And when you're selling frozen desserts in the frozen tundra of northern Illinois in the winter, then you want that community to still have warm thoughts for you even when it's sub-zero outside. Awesome. And you just triggered a memory that I had a thought from earlier today when we were talking, you said first job, you want to, to make the first job the right job. And I wanted to ask you, now is a good time to ask, how do we impact these young people? Uh, how do you do that? You said that's one thing you do well, but how do you do it? Yeah. Well, I think that I actually believe that this workforce that's coming into business today at, you know, at 16 years old, that they are probably the most brilliant workforce ever to come in. I think that they're the most resourceful resource, uh, the you know workforce that's ever come into our industry. And I think one thing that we all have to recognize is that they're coming in with a much different set of skills than mm-hmm. we've ever seen before. There are things that a young person can do to find out information now that you know would take us years to figure out before. Mm-hmm. But with that said, I think that the biggest thing we can do is appreciate their incredible differences when it comes to technology and resourcefulness. And then, and to leverage that in our business, mm-hmm. and at the same time, not to be frustrated by what they're not coming to the workforce with. So in the restaurant industry, you know, some people don't know how to sweep a floor that are coming into the workforce because they've never had to sweep before. There's robots Some people have never now. had to, right. <laughs> some people have never talked to customers before or look somebody in the eye before. So instead of being frustrated by what they don't have, mm-hmm. that's our role as leaders to help develop that mm-hmm. part of them. But it's also our opportunity as leaders to leverage all the great things they're bringing into our to our environment, mm. and that's one of the things we try to do at Suzy Swirl is to balance 
the great skills and, and knowledge that they come to our workplace with, with our ability to teach and train and coach and develop, you know, skills that will help round that out as they move forward in their careers and lives. Man, just listening to you talk, what I'm thinking, the words that are coming to my head is don't put a spotlight on where they're, where they're weak and don't show them where you're frustrated with them, but show them put a spotlight on what they do bring to the, to the team, what, where they do shine. And if you do that first, if you show them how much, how grateful for you are, or how grateful you are for them, where they do shine when it comes time to give them constructive criticism on where they could be better, it's going to be so much better received. And we just come out of the gates swinging and pummeling these poor kids who, Quite frankly, it's our fault that they they have these these social uh, challenges. We we put we created this environment for them. So turn the like it's uh sorry like this is a whole other yeah, conversation well, we know, can get it into. Is, it is, but it really is. You know, to your point, Eric. You know, look, we're in the you know let's go full circle on our whole conversation today. We're in the people business, mm. right? People, team members, people, customers, people, community, and it is changing. It's shifting and it's moving fast. Mm. And if we really want to be successful in this you have to come forward with that people first value, right? Mm -hmm. And that really does say is I want to celebrate everything you bring. And then the things that you don't bring are probably the thing or the things you bring are probably the things I don't necessarily have. But then at the same time, we're going to work together because I'm going to develop, I'm going to help to develop you in the things that, you know, will make you more successful in life as you make our business more successful through your job efforts and and performance. Mm -hmm. And I think if you look at it as a partnership, as opposed to this hierarchy of I'm the boss, you're the subordinate, and we look at it more as a partnership of how do we all lift the boat together? Whew, magic I love happens. It. Beautiful. Uh, what is one book that's a must read for anybody who, who wants to be a better person or restaurant owner? Well, you know, you hit on one that I thought was uh, great. I thought that Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People, to me, that's timeless, mm. just timeless. You know, my good friend and our good friend, Jim Knight, wrote the book, Culture That Rocks. Mm-hmm. I think that as people are looking at, you know, where their business is today and where their business is going tomorrow, that book has so many answers in it that it's, you know, you could you could build and transform businesses around the globe using Jim's book. So I like those two books as, as kind of my top tip. Yeah, and I had Jim on the show recently Um he was episode 270. I'm pulling up. I, I lose track. Do you remember which one it was, Kathleen? It's like uh, 270, 279? Two, yeah, it's real recent. Just head over to restaurantstoppable.com slash yeah. 279 or 278. It's going to be plus or minus one of those episodes. You'll find it. But he, <laughs> he was a great episode as well. And uh, I will link to his book in the show notes. And I have that book sitting on my shelf right now. I got it. If you're listening, Jim, thank you. I can't wait to dive in. You're going to come back on the show. We're going to talk about that. Um <laughs> All right. The next question I have for you, Kathleen, is what is one piece of technology that you've adopted maybe in your restaurant or you're recommending your clients adopt to be better, uh, more efficient, have better communication or be more profitable? Well, so you've hit on a lot of the technology that we currently use. We do use the technology when I work for scheduling. It's a great, great tool. Um, you know, the Red Book via hot schedules, both in paper format as well as online is a great tool. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that we use is uh, Restaurant Expert, which is an inventory management system, uh, which has been a great tool for us. Another um, past guest on the wonderful show. Um, yeah, they do. David Scott Peters. Yes. Great job. So we use, you know, we, we do practice what we preach here at Suzy Swirl. 
Um, you know, and it's not that I endorse everybody, but I use them because they are great tools. They help with efficiency and effectiveness. Awesome. And I, I love those. And then, and then, of course, the newest one we'll be migrating to is uh, Uber Eats. Um, and then the new kind of loyalty program called Steals, which is an online sharing of Instagram, Facebook pictures, where our customers earn points by sharing their social currency. And what's that called? Steals. And can you spell that for me? S-T-E-A-L-Z. Steals. Okay, first time mentioned Steals. on the show. Can't wait to check that out. Yep. Uh, with all the knowledge you have now, uh, if you could go back in time, Kathleen, to maybe when you're you know, studying hospitality and restaurant management back in college, if you could give yourself yep. one piece of business advice, what would that be? Uh, I would give myself the advice to ask for help more frequently. Don't do it all alone and ask for a lot of help. Ask often, ask all the time because nobody gets to the top by themselves. Mm, I love it. And what is one question, Kathleen, I could have asked you that would have provided more value to today's interview? Well, Eric, let me just tell you, I thought that you asked me so many great questions. (laughs) I thought you did a great job. So um, I'm not really, at this point, I think you've kind of hit a lot of the great questions that I would have wanted to speak uh, spoken to. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to hear that. (laughs) Uh, So let's give the (laughs) listeners at home a uh, way to connect with you. Wait. Edit this out. You had me all blushy. Uh, maybe I won't edit it. I'll just make fun of myself publicly. Uh, you got to call somebody out. Yeah. Who's one person you admire in this industry uh, who you think would just be a great guest mentor like you were for us today? Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, the one person that has been a great um, mentor to me, a friend, uh, a mentor, just uh, uh, has mentored so many people in this industry is Wally Doolin, the CEO of TDN2K, turning data into knowledge. But the work that they're doing and the innovation that they're bringing to our industry is unparalleled. And, you know, Wally is just, um, not only is he a great leader, but he's truly a great person. Mm, Wally, look out. I'm coming after you. If, if Kathleen's calling you out, you've got to be a good one. So can't wait to get you on the show if you accept the invitation. All right. Now you can let everybody at home know how can we connect with you if we want to dive into your work, if we want to call you for advice, if we want to pick up a, a conversation. What's the best way to connect? So two ways. One is uh, through Kathleen Wood Partners. So it's real simple, KathleenWoodPartners.com. Uh, and then also with my great partnership with Jim Knight, we have our monthly business newsletter, Rock and Grow, rockandgrow.com. Okay. And then if you always want to see if I, you know, put my, uh, my money where my mouth is, you can always follow us at suzyswirl.com. All right. I'll have all those links in the show notes. This is episode 290. You can find the links to everything we discussed in today's show, as well as a summary of all of Kathleen's great advice. She's really got my, she really made my, <laughs> I got my work cut out for me. There's a lot of good stuff I'm going to have to summarize in today's conversation, but it'll be worth it. Uh, Kathleen, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to join us as a guest mentor. There is no questioning you are unstoppable thank you so much eric and thanks for what you do every day to make us and to inspire us all to be unstoppable it's my pleasure cheers 
What an awesome conversation today with Kathleen Wood. Kathleen, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, teaching us uh, what it is to be a bold leader. And again, that acronym is B-O-L-D. Being a bold leader means having your beliefs and standing up for your beliefs and uh, your values and uh, pulling everybody in one direction. That's the O in bold one direction uh communicating your beliefs through your brand through your restaurant let uh those people let your restaurant be a vehicle uh to share your values and your beliefs and pull everybody in the same direction so you have those common goals those common core values everything moving in one direction and then the l in bold is leadership support get the support from your leaders make sure that they share your same values and that they are supporting your values and that they are uh you know you're, you're duplicating yourself in your leaders a great lesson we learned from another past guest uh i don't know why i'm going down that road but yeah again uh <laughs> duplicating yourself in within your leaders and uh, really just, you know, getting that impact uh, to cut deep, the, the, to, to create those roots within your restaurant through your leaders. And then that drive, that determinism, that dedication to just keep on showing up every day and uh, knowing why you're, uh, you know, put on this earth to uh, what you're trying to achieve in having that definite purpose in life and uh, having that drive and that dedication and that, you know, determinism to, sh- to wake up every morning to, to live out that purpose. Again, being a bold leader. And when I was thinking about these, these, you know, f- four letters, the, this acronym of being a bold leader, I think sometimes uh, we, we think that we can't start being a bold leader until we, open our own restaurant. But the truth is uh, we create our own opportunities and we create those opportunities by by being bold. So you don't have to wait until you open your own restaurant or even until you become a manager. You can be a bold leader right now in whatever role you are in. Just just show up and and bring it and create your own opportunities and Start trying to find out what you believe in. If you if you know you want to open a restaurant someday, but you you just kind of lost, well, start asking yourself, what are my beliefs? You know, what what does resonate with me? And to find this out, go out there and you know, surround yourself with incredible people. Find mentors. Find out what does matter to you. Get something to believe in. And then once you find that thing, just start uh, being somebody who, uh, you know, pulls others along with you and be that leader in and use your beliefs, uh, use your restaurant, your concept, your your vision to be a vehicle to uh, share what you believe in with others. And you can't do it alone. You've got to inspire others and you inspire others by sharing what you believe in and then living what you believe in. Uh, so beautiful stuff. I uh, love today's conversation. Kathleen, thank you again. And like always, guys, please do connect with me. Shoot me an email, eric at Restaurant Unstoppable. Connect with me on Facebook slash Restaurants Unstoppable or on Twitter at Eric Cacciatore. Um, and always love those one-on-one chats. Don't forget that you can schedule a one-on-one chat with me. Maybe I had a guest on the show that you want some help connecting with or maybe you are opening a restaurant and uh, you're overwhelmed by all the different resources and tools that are out there and you just want some help picking through uh, the the you know things that can help you in uh, your effort today to just get one step closer to uh, having that dream come true. I can help point you in the right direction. Uh, plus, I just love you know learning more about my listeners. I love that time to connect with my listeners. It really is a great time. And um, 
Don't forget, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash tools and restaurantunstoppable.com slash uh, books. I have a complete list of all the books and tools that have been recommended by people who have either read those books or used those tools in their restaurant and have had success. I know how hard it is to be a restaurant owner or to even just manage or work in a restaurant. It's a lot of work. It's exhausting work. You don't have the time to go filter through all the information that's out there in this world today to find out what knowledge you need to to figure out what resources to invest in. That's what I'm here for. I'm asking the people who have read these books and who have used these tools and who have said this information, these tools have impacted my life. And I put them all into one spot so you can see if it's right for what you're doing in your businesses. And uh, I, I, I love it. I love knowing that I'm making your life easier. So make uh, sure you take advantage of those resources. All right. That's all I have today, guys. Thanks for sticking around this long until next time peace out